Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Park City, Utah with my new friend Lydia Kluge, a Google Maps local guide expert. Lydia moved to Park City in 2005 to be a ski instructor at Deer Valley Resort. She fell in love with the mountain and actually found love on the slopes after meeting her husband. The outdoor lifestyle, hundreds of miles of alpine trails, and excellent weather make Park City a dream come true. In this episode, Lydia and I talk about skiing at Deer Valley in Park City, the Utah Olympic Park, and hiking the Wasatch Mountains. You'll hear about these three amazing attractions, plus a bunch more. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Park City. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Whether I'm traveling for business or pleasure, it's important to have clothes that make me look good and feel great. I wear Bluffworks jeans, slacks, dress shirts, and blazers because they're wrinkle-free and are designed for the modern traveler. And if they get dirty, a quick spin in the washing machine, and they're good as new. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash bluffworks for a special offer and select from the latest styles so you can stay wrinkle-free when you travel. Hey, Lydia, welcome to the show. Hi, Lee. Thanks for having me. So today we're talking about Park City, Utah, and I love the snowboard, and I know that Park City has a wonderful reputation for, for snow and, and fun and, and the, on the slopes. So it's so exciting to be able to have you on the show and, and learn all about Park City and, and the surrounding areas. And, and also, interestingly enough, that Park City, although it's known for snow, it's becoming a year-round destination, right? Absolutely, yeah. It, uh, it used to be just a winter resort, but now the summer times are becoming increasingly popular for people to visit too. And it's kind of being known as a year-round playground for people to visit winter, late spring, summer, or early fall. Oh, fantastic. For the listeners that maybe not, they don't really know exactly where Park City is. Can you tell us a little bit about where it is in relation to the state? Yeah, so Park City is uh, about 20 miles southeast of Salt Lake City, and we're a little mountain town. We're nestled at about 7,000 feet in the Wasatch Mountains. And the town used to be a, a mining town back in the day and then became a sleepy little town after that. And it rebounded at about the 80s and 90s and is now a really popular ski and snowboard destination. And actually, Salt Lake City uh, hosted the Winter Olympics in 2002, and many of the venues were here in Park City. So it has a that Olympic uh, venue feel about it as well. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I, I know whenever I snowboard, it's definitely a huge step down versus the Olympics uh, <laughs> whenever I run on the mountain, but uh, it's still a lot of fun. And it's kind of cool to be able to, to go in the same runs that Olympians did. Absolutely. And there's a fair few of them uh, dotted around town still as well. So it's fun to spot people out and about that uh, were Olympians back in the day. That's so cool. So what's your connection to Park City? So I came to Park City 15 years ago in the winter of 2005-2006 as a ski instructor at Deer Valley, which is one of the two main ski resorts here in Park City. And prior to that, I was a school teacher in London And I just fancied a change from skiing in the classroom, so decided to come out here to ski on the slopes. And Deer Valley just had the main requirements that you like children and you're able to ski backwards. So I was able to check off both those two items and came out here to instruct. And while I was here, I was uh, single and in my 20s and ended up falling in love with a a local guy uh, on the mountains and also fell in love with the town. And I've been here ever since, so 15 years now. 
What a wonderful story. So if you had to describe the people or the, the city in just one or two words, how would you do that? There's definitely a lot of adventure lovers here, outdoor enthusiasts, and uh, a fair amount of athletes and ex-Olympians around too. It's fun going out and exploring in the town and doing activities and exercises. And you get people who are in their 70s or 80s with white hair, and they overtake you on their bikes. And then people will say, well, don't worry about that too much because they were probably an Olympian back in the day. And so you don't need to feel too bad about all these amazing <laughs> athletes around here. <laughs> when I lived in California, I would go to uh, go to the gym and, and some of the people that are easily 10, 20 years older than me, they were running circles around me. And it's a little uh, humiliating, you know, it makes you a little humble, right? Uh-huh. But yeah, you know, I mean, it's awesome. It, you know, it gives you definitely that inspiration where he's like, I want to be at that level, not only today, but also a decade from now. Absolutely. Yeah. It's great to see people of all ages here from young children through to people in their 80s and 90s uh, still on the ski slopes. I think Alta posted an article not too long ago about a 100-year-old that would ski on the mountains at their resort. And it's just so fun to see people still having that active lifestyle and enjoying all the activities that we have to offer here. Oh, for sure. Like, you know, they, they would say like hashtag goals, you know, I mean, I couldn't even imagine being on the mountains at 100, but that would be that would be phenomenal. Absolutely. Yeah. So we hinted earlier about it, about the weather, you know, and Park City becoming a year round destination. But what's the weather like throughout the year? And are there certain festivals or events that happen throughout the year where maybe if you're planning your trip, you're like, you know what, I really want to go for that. So I need to plan my trip around that that event. Yeah, Park City has really wonderful weather year round. So we used to be just a a winter resort, mainly, you know, the snow and the skiing. And that's definitely a big attraction for people to come here during those winter months. The resorts open normally about Thanksgiving or the beginning of December and then are open through about mid-April. But now we really are becoming a year-round destination. So the summer is wonderful here. A lot of people are coming out now to do all the activities that we have here, hiking, biking, uh, road biking and mountain biking. We have a bunch of golf resorts here. There's sailing on our local reservoir. And the temperature is great here in the summer because we're up in the mountains. It doesn't get too hot. We have that kind of cooler mountain air and the humidity is low and it's just wonderful, really conducive to being outside. We get a lot of blue sky, sunny days here. So summer is a, a great time to come. And also early fall when the leaves are changing, the, the mountains are covered in aspen trees here and early in the fall they turn gorgeous like golden yellow colors and that's a really pretty time of year to to visit as well so really the only off seasons are right at the end of the ski season when the snow is melting or just that in between time at the end of fall before the snow arrives those shoulder seasons are not as popular but the rest of the year is great we also have several big events here sundance film festival that's a big draw for people to come and visit our town and get to see all these new and exciting films, Robert Redford started the Sundance Film Festival. And during that time, our population that's normally about 8,000 people swells to over 100,000 people. It's a really popular, fun, busy time to come and visit Park City. The other events that we have in the summer, we have the Utah Symphony and Deer Valley Music Concerts, and that's in the end of June through late August each year super fun time to sit outside on the the ski runs are transformed into like mini amphitheaters to come and watch live music and then we also have an arts festival 
in August as well, which is is a, a great time. And then a bunch of different sporting events. There are running races and mountain bike festivals. You can visit parkcity.com to see a full calendar of events. And I think one of the things that people don't think about when they're talking about these races, obviously there are huge endurance events anyways, right? Whether you're running or, or riding your bike, but you have the added elevation in there as well, which makes it that much more of a challenge. So it's a great place to, like if you're training for other events, but if you're coming there to, to race or to run or whatever you're doing, man, that, that elevation can really kind of throw you for a loop. Absolutely. That's a great point, Lee. I think for a lot of people, when they come and uh, visit here for whether they're doing an event or just coming for a ski trip, really need to remember that elevation with uh, Park City sitting at 7,000 feet. And, you know, some of the top of the ski runs are 10,000 feet. You really can feel that. So we, whenever we have guests come and visit us, we all say, make sure you hydrate, make sure you drink lots of water, and just remember that the uh, the air is thinner up here. And definitely when you're exercising or even going up and down the stairs, you can you can feel yourself more out of breath than normal, for sure. <laughs> well, and you were mentioning earlier about the weather that although it's probably a lot cooler there, uh, like you said, during the summer, it doesn't get as hot because of the elevation. But you're also that much closer to the sun, so you have to worry about the dehydration. You have to worry about making sure you're wearing sunblock and and those types of things. Because I remember on a ski trip I went on a few years ago, I wasn't wearing like lip protection, and man, though I had the worst chap lips I've ever had in my entire life. It was absolutely horrible. Absolutely, yeah. That snow is so reflective between that the blue skies and sunshine and the how high you are, and then the reflection of the snow. And then the same here on we have the reservoir, um, Jordan L Reservoir, where that we have sailing camps and stuff in the summer. So if the kids are out on the water, we're like it's just like the water, you know. And the snow, you have to make sure you've got really good sun protection on to um, build in that elevation and and reflection to keep yourself protected. For sure. In- one of the things that I was looking at was um, when you're talking about these different events is the Autumn Aloft. And I guess that's a, like a hot air balloon festival. Is that what it is? Yes. Yeah. It's been in Park City a, a few years now and it happens in, um, let's see, September each year. And it's fun. There's about a dozen uh, different hot air balloons that come and it's it's right near the high school of park city and they all come and set their hot air balloons up here and there's such beautiful colors and normally the leaves are changing then as well so you've got these gorgeous colors of the hot air balloons and then the the red um, scrub oaks and the yellow aspens and it just it's such a great eye-catching thing to watch whether you're just spectating or sometimes you can there's some of the hot air balloons that will let you come in and, and have a ride or just, you know, go up and down in them to experience what that's like. But that's also um, a popular thing to do for tourists when they come into Park City, hot air balloon rides. It's such a pretty place to be here with the Wasatch Mountains. And I always say it's it's really easy to be a good photographer in Park City because it's like a picture postcard. Everything is so pretty. So that time of year, um, seeing those hot air balloons and the changing leaves, it's just um, a photographer and a spectator's dream. <laughs> that sounds lovely. Well, let me take a step back for a second. We talked about earlier that if we're going to come to Park City, we're going to fly into Salt Lake City, right? And that's maybe 20, 30 minutes away. When we come into there, is there public transportation? Do we rent a car, get an Uber, like, or get maybe a hotel shuttle, something like that? What's the best way for, to get from the airport to Park City? Yeah, the, the airport is great. We had a recent renovation of uh, Salt Lake City Airport. And like you said, it's really close, um, less than 30 minutes into Park City. 
So it's a, it's a Delta hub and there's lots of flights coming in. That's super convenient. But between Salt Lake City Airport and Park City is a little bit trickier. There's not much public transport there. So the best thing normally, if you're coming during the ski season, is to arrange private transportation. You can, you can do Uber or Lyft or something like that. But with the private transportation, it's nice to know that you're going to have a vehicle that's big enough for if you're bringing in skis and boots and snowboards and all your baggage, then getting a private uh, transportation that's equipped for all of that luggage that you're going to have, and it's going to have snow tires and plenty of space is, is good for that. So we have a bunch of um, private transportation companies to do that. You can rent a car if you want to, if you feel confident driving in the snow, you know, make sure you get a rental car that's got the four-wheel drive or all-wheel drive to, to get up. Sometimes you might be lucky with the with the roads and it might be dry coming up and we also do a really good job here in utah of clearing the the freeways as well i've rarely had an issue driving between salt lake and park city so probably best to get private transportation there rent a car if you feel confident but once you're up in park city itself we do have a great free local bus system which the tourists really enjoy using it makes it super convenient when you go skiing because you don't have to worry about parking so you just jump on there's a ton of stops throughout town and it drops you right at the you know the base of the ski resorts there and it's free so that's wonderful yeah free is my favorite word so yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome well you just mentioned the, the ski resort so let's talk about them for a little bit and from my research i've normally had the icon pass every year for a number of years and and so that's normally where i kind of tend to but from what I what I saw, that we actually have both uh, an icon and an epic mountain right there in Park City. Yeah, Deer Valley joined uh, Icon um, several years ago, and that's one of over forty resorts on the Icon Pass. So people have really loved that that they can use their Icon Pass and come and ski at Deer Valley. You can you can do an option where you get five days or seven days at Deer Valley with your Icon Pass, and then Park City is on the Epic Pass and is one of twenty resorts in. North America. So it's great that both of those two resorts in Park City are on the passes. Park City is actually the largest resort in North America. Back in 2015, it joined with the canyons. And so it's a really expansive ski resort, tons of different terrain there. That one allows snowboarders. So if you're a snowboarder, you have to head to to Park City. Our, Our other resort here in Park City is known as Deer Valley Resort. That's for skiers only. And it's a different experience there. They really focus on customer service and their meals there. And when you go in for lunch, they have really kind of high-end, nice restaurants. And it's about the whole kind of customer experience. So that's been voted number one in customer experience for many years. So you've either got a Park City with a large resort or Deer Valley, just the great customer experience. But they're both super fun resorts, um, scenic, lots of chairlifts and great places to visit. Well, that's fantastic. And I would say this is that if you're planning to go to you know, to either one of these mountains or actually any destination, a lot of times people think like, oh, why would I get an annual pass? I'm only going to go on one ski vacation. I think between the savings on food and souvenirs and those type of things, and then also just being able to actually have ease of tickets going in and out, it's probably worth it, even if you kind of just break even as far as the cost of the lift tickets for every day versus the actual cost of the pass. Yeah, I I think some of the resorts, it's, you know, two or three days you break even getting a season pass as opposed to your day passes. And and like you said, for the convenience and the discounts, it it definitely makes sense. I would also recommend people really utilize those 
resorts for helping curate your your whole ski trip because you know oftentimes you think you just get your pass and you go there and ski but they're really a wealth of knowledge in terms of helping the whole family create an experience there they offer things in the evenings at the resorts like you can do a horse-drawn sleigh ride to a dinner that's your fireside dining or yurt dining you can do um, a snowshoe experience to a meal or snowshoe and then s'mores and they can really help you create this whole kind of winter wonderland package rather than just thinking about your days on the the ski slope skiing speaking of that what are a couple of the resorts that you would recommend staying if we're getting ready to book our hotel? So we're fortunate to have some wonderful hotels in Park City. We have several five-star hotels. We have Stein Erickson Lodge, St. Regis, the Montage, and the Waldorf Astoria. And they're gorgeous properties. They have wonderful spas great decks with fire pits. And even if you're not staying at the hotels, it's actually fun to just go and visit them, maybe post-skiing. And you can join in for the s'mores experience with the kids after a ski day or try one of their signature cocktails and just enjoy the apres ski scene up at St. Regis, one of my favorite drinks there. Each St. Regis has their own version of a Bloody Mary. And the one at Park City is called their 7452 Mary because that's the elevation they're at, 7,452 feet. And that has celery foam and lava salt. And it's really tasty. So that's fun, a fun drink to go and get. And also at the St. Regis, they do um, a sunset champagne saver in the evening. So that's a super fun experience to go and enjoy. And they, you know, bring out the saber and chop off the top of that champagne and tell you a little story about the history of champagne sabering. And then you get to enjoy a glass of champagne and just watch the skiers come down at the end of the day off the ski slope. So the Apre ski scene at either the these nice hotels or even at the even at the base of the resorts is super fun after a day on the slopes to just sit back and grab a drink and enjoy that apres hour. Yeah, that sounds like so much fun. Now, one thing I don't want to miss out on before we go into the final countdown is talking about a couple of the food places that are there local there in Park City. What are a couple of your favorites that we should make sure we go visit? Well, we have a couple of great breakfast places, uh, brunch places in Park City. A couple of my favorites are Five Seeds and Harvest. And they both have a kind of similar menu. They have amazing breakfast bowls like acai bowls and smoothie bowls. And then Five Seeds also has a great panna cotta chia pudding and then the smashed avocado and pea toast there is really yummy and one of the things I like to get is a breakfast board so if you if you can't decide which one you like you get to have a sampling of several of the most popular things off the menu which is uh, good for those indecisive uh, people like myself and they also do great coffees and I tried their beet latte recently which was really tasty Harvest, they do a yeah, similar menu with like eggs and the avocado toast. And their, their presentation at both of those two restaurants is just beautiful. They're a fun place to go and enjoy. And they're both locals' favorites. Then if you're feeling a bit fancier for brunch, Stein Erickson Lodge is a wonderful place to go. They have one of the most extravagant brunches I've ever enjoyed. There's a sampling of, of everything, your favorite different types of eggs and fish and they have omelette stations and waffle stations and pancake stations and 
just you need to go there with a really empty stomach and be ready to eat <laughs> a lot of food. And that's a really fun thing to do. And Stein Erickson Lodge is situated right in Deer Valley on the mountains. So if the weather's nice to sit out on their outside deck and just enjoy the enjoy the view, that's a great place to go. In the in the summer, you can sit there and watch mountain bikers and hikers um, go and enjoy the mountain. Or once you've eaten your big meal, you can go and do that yourself and get up there <laughs> and burn off some of your calories by um, utilizing the great trails that we have there in the, the summer to hike and bike. And stuff. Well, that sounds wonderful. Yeah, bring your stretchy pants and then bring your hiking boots so that way you can... Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and then uh, we have some wonderful restaurants on Main Street for dinners as well. One of my favorites is called River Horse. They're known for uh, fish dishes. They have a great local rainbow trout and a macadamia-crusted halibut. I normally choose one of those two. But they also do steaks, you know, filet and ribeye if you're more of a, a steak person, and then pastas and salads. But that's a very popular place is river horse and another one is silver star cafe which was actually featured on uh, diners driving and dives and they have really good reuben sandwiches and great burgers there and they were also voted so for vegetarians food network selected their wild mushroom stroganoff as one of the top 18 vegetarian dishes in the united states oh wow they have quite the reputation if you got both of those tv shows coming into there yeah, for sure. It's uh, That's also right at the base of a ski resort. And that's a fun place to sit outside on the, the deck. They have some heaters there and really comfy chairs. And you can you can watch in the winter the, the skiers or there, there's also on the other side of the restaurant is the golf course. So if you if you fancy uh, seeing some people play golf, then you can sit and, and watch that too while you're enjoying your meal. And then in the in the evenings, they often have live music playing and they have a great wine list. And that's a really fun place, Silver Star Cafe, to, to visit. Oh, that sounds so awesome. Uh, last question for you. Say we're up on the mountain. I'm a snowboarder, so I'd, I guess I have to go to Park City and, and I don't get the chance to really go to Deer Valley. So say we're there at Park City, hitting the slopes for the day. Where would we go for lunch uh, on the slopes? Do you have a favorite uh, restaurant that, or different place to eat that's right there on the on the slopes? There's a little Viking yurt that I like to visit. It has a slightly smaller menu option than some of the bigger restaurants, but it just it's a it's a little more quaint, and they have chairs for you to sit right out there on the snow and watch the skiers go by. And you can get, if you fancy a hot drink, you can get like a hot chocolate or a glue vine there. They also have cookies and snacks a little bit of a smaller menu but it's just a uh, it's just fun being in that yurt environment that does sound super cool right on well lydia i really appreciate you sharing all these awesome tips for park city i can't wait to come visit i guess i'm gonna have to get the epic pass this year since i don't know how to ski that way i can hit the slopes there at park city now it's time for the final countdown if somebody only had time for one meal when they visited park city where should they go and what should they eat i would recommend that they visit the high west saloon which uh, is actually for only for over 21s, but we do have some wonderful babysitting services in Park City. So if you came in with a family and you wanted to have a night away from the kids with us, Park City sitters and several other services. So grab yourself a babysitter for the kids and head to High West. It's um, really great food and it's famous for our local distilled vodka and whiskey. It's the first legally licensed distillery in Utah since the end of the American Prohibition. And they have two locations, a large distillery and restaurant that's just on the outskirts of Park City in a place called One Ship. 
And then they have a saloon in a historic building right there just off Main Street. And they have really great cocktails, great whiskey, great vodka that they distill themselves. And um, their burgers are amazing. They're made of short ribs and bison with smoked cheddar. They have a little bourbon, onion and bacon jam on them. And they're super tasty. And then they also do uh, a local trout, a New York strip steak, elk bolognese, and a great sweet potato chili. So some really fun things on the menu and just a, a really neat place to visit, a great experience other than your meal, just a cool environment and vibe in the high west. That sounds fantastic. So you've been in, in Park City for 15 years. Obviously, you have some great memories. What's one of your most favorite? I think, you know, Park City is really just a big outdoor playground. There's so many things to do here that are just outside and free and being in nature. And my favorite days spent in Park City are, are doing just that, being in nature, either going. I'm a really keen mountain biker and I love hiking, too. And it's great just to meet up with your friends, go out there on a, on a bike ride or a hike. We have beautiful wildflowers in the summer alpine lakes and if you're lucky you might spot a moose and you know i fairly often see deer or elk or or moose when we're out hiking which is super neat and our sunsets are also amazing over the mountains so it's like spend a day out there in nature and then in the evening grab your friends you grab a picnic or a glass of wine and and go and hike up there and uh, sit on the mountain and just enjoy being in the outdoors that's what's really special about here there's also some great summer concerts here at deer valley and they they offer free ones every week for locals on wednesday nights and that's super popular thing for people to do and some of my most memorable evenings have been just there seeing all my local friends just sitting and enjoying these wonderful outdoor concerts in the fresh air um, surrounded by nature that sounds amazing yeah I'm guilty, like I think like a lot of people, that whenever I think of like mountain resorts like Park City and, and others is I only think of them in the wintertime, right? And after talking to you and my, my buddy Paul from Mammoth and, and several others, that I need to make sure I, I schedule some time to go visit some of these mountain resorts in the summertime too because there's so many activities to do throughout the year. Definitely, yeah. People that move here end up saying, you know, they come for the winters, but they stay for the summers. It's what people love the most when they live here year round for sure well, that's fantastic so now the next question is where's a happy ass happy hour and i and i know that utah has some some different laws on on alcohol is there a really great place for a happy hour in park city yeah it is funny that yeah happy hours are illegal here and we do have some funny laws but we do great at ski here in park city so at snow park lodge at deer valley they have a great deck there where you can enjoy a beer or they're known for their uh, grapefruit margaritas and they have live music and you can sit there and uh, watch the skiers come down at the end of the day if you're if you're off the slopes another great place for apres skiers called boneyard saloon and wine dive and they actually have wine on tap and they have a large rooftop deck with great food and that live music and that's another fun place to just sit outside during that kind of happy hour time and enjoy the fresh air now that sounds perfect now one of the things i always do whenever i travel is check out the local pizza so where's the best place for pepperoni pizza in park city i uh, i polled my friends on on this i live on the outskirts of park city and there's a place called maxwell's here that they call their pizza the fat kid pizza and they have really good pepperoni pizza but for those friends that live closer up into town they said oh well you want to tell people about that so we have uh 
a place called Devanza's, which is a bit more of a hole in the wall apres ski, you know, stop in and grab a slice. And the other place, if you want more of a sit down place to go and have your pizza, is called Fuego's. They have super good pizza there. They also offer live music and it's a fun environment. And interesting fact, one of the local musicians that played there a lot in Fuego's is、uh, Wyatt Pike, and he's currently on American Idol. So you could be having a future star play for you while you're enjoying your slice of pepperoni pizza, Lee. Oh, that's fantastic. And you know what? I'm going to you know, twist my arm. I'm going to have to probably visit all three when I come out there. There、so. we go.、Yeah. <laughs> you know, I will do that. I will do that for you.、So. All right. <laughs> They're all good. I think you'll like them all. Yeah, fantastic. So, obviously, you lived in the England,、uh, you lived in Park City, you probably traveled a lot back and forth and, and everywhere else around. So, you probably have some pretty good travel tips.、Uh, what's one of your favorite? I would say、uh, using Google Maps is one of my,、uh, his, that's my constant travel companion. I, Love when I go somewhere new, checking out, finding the best places to eat and drink, and I use Google Maps to do that. I began relying on it, so I wanted to give back and、um, pass that on to other people. So I added a lot of places for, for where I live, and when I would travel somewhere new, I'd add on there as well. So I've now done about 250 reviews on Google Maps and added about 4,000 photos. So, I'm classed as one of their local guides. There's about 150 million local guides. And if you visit a new town, you know, just pull that up on your phone, check out Google Maps. You can type in parks near me, restaurants near me, hikes near me, and it will bring up with the star rating and show, you know, you can see the pictures as well. And I found that re- it's really helpful to get, other than being kind of told newbie in the city. Another way, you know, listening to your podcast is an awesome. I'm excited to check out places when I go to new places now to listen to the podcasts that you have on them. But as a backup to that, too, I think Google Maps is a great companion. You know, your phone's right there in your pocket and you can pull it out like lists of things to see and do in cities. So, as, as well as,、uh, you know, just Googling the restaurants, someone might have already added the best places to get pizza in, in this city and that kind of thing. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I use Google Maps quite a bit.、Uh, obviously, I use it for the show notes for the podcast. I use it also when I'm trying to plan out like, my day instead of bouncing back and forth across the city. I try to plan my day where I'm like, okay, I'm going to see everything on this side of town and everything on the north side tomorrow and then everything on the, on the west side、uh, the, the other day. And, and so I'm trying to do that just because I'm trying to be efficient and I don't like having to waste all that time, especially when you have you know, limited vacation days or a limited number of days in, the, in a city. So I love it. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great thing to do. And then use, you know, it has that directions feature if you're walking or cycling or getting public transport. You can figure out your easiest route using Google Maps between those things that you want to see. And that's smart to plan it ahead like that and kind of see different segments of a city if it's larger. It's super helpful. For sure. So, so Lydia, again, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing so many amazing tips for Park City. Can you tell the audience a little about who you are, what you do? And then, if somebody has questions about Park City or about Google Maps, what's the best way for them to reach you on social media? I have a blog, which is my name, Lydia Kluge underscore blog on Instagram, where people can see some of the places in and around Park City. And they can message me on there if they have any questions about Park City. I'd be happy to guide them in the right direction. Also, my Google Maps profile, I've got some lists there of the top things to、uh, do and see and eat in Park City. And we'll link that in the show notes too. So people can come and click on that list and they can also follow me on Google Maps and check out some of my adventures and give me a shout if they want to ask me a question. 
That's fantastic. And and like you said, like you are like one of the, the top Google Maps people in, in the world. So obviously you know a lot about Park City and all the other areas that you venture to. So people should definitely follow you. And again, Lydia, I appreciate you coming on the show and we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Thanks, Lee. I look forward to seeing you too. What an awesome conversation with Lydia. I use Google Maps all the time when planning my trips and in the show notes of this podcast. You can find all the links we talked about today at wetravelthere.com forward slash Park City. We want to say thank you to Bluffworks for being an affiliate partner of today's episode. Bluffworks offers many styles that fit your needs so that way you can stay free while traveling. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash Bluffworks and use the promo code LEAD to save 10% off your order. Join us next time as we head to Halifax, Canada to speak with my new friend Nina Clapperton of ninaoutandabout.ca. Nina and I talk about climbing Citadel Hill, eating clam chowder at the Bicycle Thief, and visiting the Titanic Graveyard. We hope you join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast app so that we don't miss any of our upcoming destinations. Mm-hmm.